Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast, podcast number 135. This week I am Alex. <laughs> For a change. Who are you other week? Most of the times I'm Axel. Well, you're Cindy on Fridays, right? Am I? I'm sorry, here. Here you I'm go home and dress up. Weekend. And, yeah. You've got a residency. Yeah. Uh, that's the voice of Keza. Hi. Hello, Hello. Keza. Uh, Dan Kilby. No, Dan Kruger. <laughs> what? Sorry. I've been here a year. I know. I do look a lot like Kilby, obviously. Do you think? With my little legs. Massive hunk of muscle. <laughs> Tiny legs. Yeah. He's basi- you're basically triangular. Well, I've got one muscle. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't mean it like that Why? at all. Uh, wow. Well, how did you mean that? I just meant I'm, I'm not very muscly. <laughs> but then it just makes you sound like <laughs> just a sort of disembodied penis. 35 <laughs> seconds in, you're already talking about your cock. This has got to be a record. Um, anyway, this week you are on, uh, speaking of penises, you're yeah. on the knobs this week, aren't I'm you? I'm pretty sure it's recording. M- monitoring levels, so if there is a problem this podcast, I have no idea what I'm doing, listeners. but I'm just, as Stuart said, just fuck about with the knobs. There you go. Stuart's motto for life. And his job description. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Chris Dilly. Hello. I think Krupa's muscle is smiling at me. Make <laughs> <laughs> <Like> it <you> stop. <laughs> And then also this week we've got a special guest in the shape of Matt. Matt Hello. Matt Allen. Matt, Matt Allen. Matt Allen. Matt Allen. <laughs> I'm not you? actually Matt Allen. How are you, Matt Allen? <laughs> I'm, I'm good, thanks, yeah. Who what, are you? What are you doing here? Basically, I'm here in work experience and I've been doing all sorts of stuff, writing about news and doing a wiki for a game that we haven't really talked about before called Trials Evolution. No, yeah, heard not heard of it. Don't What's know that? About. I don't know what it is. Here What's been the though. highlight of your work experience? Oh, gosh. Um, you getting coffee from Pratt for Alex on your first day. <laughs> yeah, the first minute I came in. Can you go get me some coffee? <laughs> wasn't just for me, though, was it? It was for everyone on the team. That's an important See, editorial duty. Player, you will learn this. If you haven't learned it, you will learn it by the end of your work experience, which is tomorrow. What, okay. am I, what, what I'm basically saying is you'll go to Pratt again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourite moments of Matt working here was um, on Monday, Chris... Asked a very sort of usual question on a Monday morning. How was, how was your weekend, Matt? And, wh- and what did you reply? I said it was awful. Why was it awful? Because I was cleaning in a dementia ward of a hospital. Wow. You're wow. not expecting that. Donor. Yeah. yeah. Is do, you that, know, do you normally, is that your... That's my weekend job, job, yeah. Uh, weekend, oh jeez. Which, be- which is better? This is like my uh, holiday here. Like I'm, I'm enjoying this. But... That's a very rewarding job, yeah. and I, uh, I think you need to be saluted. Should be Round applauded. Applause. Yes, oh, thank you. For that. Well done. Uh, so, forget the positives. Though, what's the worst thing you've done since you've been here? Um, did an inventory of a store cupboard. Yeah, basically, two hundred and fifty different power cables. Mm-hmm. Put them into we need compartments. every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, you got to name them all now. <laughs> uh, Xbox crap, PS3 more crap. Okay. Yeah, that's how we labelled the boxes. Also. <laughs> Well, welcome, Matt. Have you Thanks. actually learned anything, I think, is ultimately? I have, yeah. What have you learned? The triangle of news. Yes, the news triangle. Yeah. Which is? At the top, 
basically in one sentence what the news is and then go into a bit more detailed information of what it is and then have your own spin on it. I'm pretty sure Add if content. I uh, looked up the definition of the news triangle, that's what it would say. Yeah, yeah. it's in a dictionary <laughs> just like that. I'm so proud. You, yep. plant, you plant seeds <laughs> and then something sometimes grows. Yeah, yeah, occasionally. There you go. If it's sunny. Anyway, <laughs> enough about you, Matt. Okay. Let's, uh, should, we, should we talk about the news? Let's talk about the news, Alex. So, first piece of news. <laughs> news. <laughs> news. Amazing. News. Prometheus news. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Shinji Mikami oh, has... Easy uh, for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> easy for me to say. Uh, has revealed his new game, which is The Realisation of Pure Survival Horror. It's coming out through Bethesda, and it is currently codenamed Zvi. This is, is very exciting. Yeah. Why is it? Because it's Shinji Mikami returning to survival horror. That is awesome news. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been also away a the, bit. The, the, survival horror, the survival horror genre has not been very good for very long, has it? It kind of turned into action horror. Yeah, and, and it's weird. A few yeah. weeks ago, um, Resident Evil people were saying, you know, it's not a viable genre anymore. Hence, the um, Resident Evil games are becoming more, more action-orientated. Yeah. So it's kind of nice that... A legend within that genre is returning to it. The survival horror has kind of become. I think originally it worked with the limitations of what games could do, couldn't it? Because all the kind of crap controls and like rubbish fogging and stuff actually worked with survival horror it, yeah. because you were working against the limitations of the game. Whereas now it's a bit more difficult to create tension in that way. Although you got Amnesia, which is quite a modern game, which yeah. is very survival horror. There have been lots. I mean, lots I of the projects Dead Zero Space. games and Dead Space. Dead, Dead Space is yeah. Yeah. Horror. It's not that we can't do horror, but like the original yeah. sort of survival horror has sort of not really happened, has it? I mean. Silent Hill sort of died, which is a shame. Although downpour, not as bad as people say. Really? Yeah, I say people, I mean us. <laughs> not as bad well, as we say. Well, each of their own. Yeah. Are, are there any details on the game, Alex? Not really. But Shinji Mikami, don't say it again, uh, has said, uh, I've found my focus, and once again I'm striving for pure survival horror. He's <laughs> on about his car. Very good. I found my focus. I'm uh, being very hands-on to make sure that the quality is there, rest assured. So, But apart from that, not a lot else. No so time frame. No time kind. frame. There's a rumour that there's a sequel in development called Dry. After oh, Spy. After Spy. Uh, little joke from Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's to the extent of my German as well. I was well. going to say, no, no, no more. That's it. No more jokes. No, wait, though, do you know what would have been a better joke? Because the German for four is fear. Oh, I didn't uh-huh. know that. There you go. Well, there's already a game called Fear. Let's go to the next piece of news, shall we? God. Come on, Kezza, you got some news. Okay. Save oh, us. Oh, Christ. Nintendo have lost a lot of money, everybody. Yay! Is it, is it down the back of these new sofas we've got in the podcast room? Our, new, our games room slash podcast room smells is, looking, of an old lady. is looking sexy, but smelling like an old lady. <laughs> there might be, I think there's an old lady in it. Maybe. <laughs> 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 one of our limbs. Mm, that's Tom nice. and I went and picked that sofa up the other day. Yeah. Mm. I'm surprised you're sitting on it. Really? <laughs> from knowing where it, where, where, where it came from. Where did it come, it come from? from? Knocking shop. What? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. You didn't actually go and pick it up, did you? Yeah. But well, where did you pick Tom it up and I from? T- Tom and I were in a removal men for a day and he pushed me against the wall with the sofa and I got pinned. Uh, was... <laughs> <laughs> wow. With little legs. With my little legs. <laughs> Tom and I are not the strongest no. of people in the iGen UK offices. If only you were, Dan. You should have used that single muscle of yours to lift it up. Like a jack. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> but where did it come from, seriously? 
So, or, so what, or what about we just talk about the Nintendo yeah, yeah. We could talk about the <laughs> I'm more interested in the sofa. <laughs> anyway, Nintendo lost loads of money. How much? $530 million. How do you lose that kind of, m- of money? Uh, by having a very strong yen in a decreasing, shrinking economy. Oh. Or, more interestingly, because they're not very good in it and they're rubbish and PlayStation's way better. But they've sold lots of 3DSs, so that's good news. They have. Yeah, they sold loads of but stuff. It's actually not that bad. You know, they sold loads and loads of things. It's just everything's. Does that take into account the money invested in Wii U? Yes, it does. Because of course you're going to lose money if you're, if you're uh, in an doing R and D. Yes, exactly. And everybody already owns the Wii, so they're not getting any Wii sales. Yeah, anymore, there, are, there are literally no people left to buy the Wii. Um, they sold. Let's see. 3DS sold 13.51 million units during the year, which is quite good. Wii sold 10 million. Still, how? Um, and the DS's original sold about 5.1 million units. Which is quite good, but they expect, of course, that the Wii U and the 3DS this year will return them to global profitability. It's um, obviously it's quite a heavy loss, but it's nowhere near as big as Sony's recent loss. Well, which Sony's was in, was the, in the billions, billions wasn't it? Yeah. So that wasn't Sony's gaming. No, it was Sony as a whole. Was Sony's yeah. a whole, whereas Nintendo, yeah, still comparable. Yeah. I would say comparable businesses. But yeah, they've re- they've forecast a net profit of 245 million for next year. Which wow, that's quite the turnaround. Yes, that's quite a lot more than they've earned this year. Well, let's see, shall we? Mm. In a year's see. time, we'll revisit that. And uh, if it's not true, then we'll punch Mario in the face. Yep. Right, next bit of news. It's, you know, it's my news story, so it's about FIFA. Yay. Anyway, I didn't give know us you like FIFA. <laughs> I'm not keen anymore. No, um, this week, the Euro 2012 expansion pack came out for FIFA 12. And... There's something a bit weird about it. A lot of the teams don't have authentic licensing. So if you play as Wales, Wales aren't in FIFA 12. No. If you play as Wales in Euro 2012, you can't play as Gareth Bale. You play as G-Belf. <laughs> right. And Aaron Rumsey. Right. Who else is unlicensed? He's my favourite player. There's a lot, well, 29 um, of the teams are licensed, so the other 24 don't have authentic kits. Almost half kit. of them. Yeah, almost half of them. That's pretty bad, isn't it? It's pretty bad when you're buying uh, yeah. an expansion pack to increase the authenticity of the game so you can play the European Championship and yet that's undermined by not having the authentic players which yeah. is always FIFA, one of FIFA's big strong selling points Is Scotland unaffected? Scotland is unaffected which is good for Scottish people yes. So if you can't play in the authentic kit how similar is the kit or have they had to go in a well, different it's, direction? It, the colour is the same but it doesn't have the branding and right. it's not exactly the same but all the teams that are actually in the competition itself are authentic it's just to increase the appeal of the game yeah. you can play as any European nation even yeah. ones that didn't qualify and EA have spoken out about this and they've said you know, they would have loved to have every team in the game but licensing teams and leagues is a business decision based on market size and limited resources so, so don't we don't care about Wales Essentially, they hate the Welsh. Mm. EA hate the That's Welsh. That's what I'm getting from that statement. Welsh hating. I wonder how many people in Wales buy FIFA. Maybe they should boycott the next game. Do they have... Yeah. How many people are in Wales? Four. Don't know. Four. It's four or five. Mm. So when the World Cup rolls around, <laughs> will this problem still be happening or will they have... Well, they tend to it? use oh. a, a standalone World Cup game, don't they? And they usually... So are they, if, they, they if they're released. saying that if they'd have made this a full price product of 40 quid, they'd have had the extra cash to get all of the people in there. But now they're doing it as a download for, what, 16 quid or something like that? They just haven't bothered. Just still quite a lot of money. Well, you can buy two copies of Fez, like I said to you. I don't know why you would do that, like you well, said. But, but <laughs> Your argument about a copy of Fez and Trials is much better. Yeah. You could almost get it. Just one. a little bit more, yeah. Or just Trials on its own. Yeah. Don't even need another game. 
In fact, why are we podcasting when we could be playing trials? We are playing trials. Okay. I want to play chart trials. You should. Have you not played it yet? No. Dude, lunchtime, play trials. So, but ultimately, so your review of it went up this week. Yeah, I was a bit, it was a bit of a weird situation to be in because the game is FIFA 12 and FIFA 12 is still a good game. We play a lot in the office. But why would you spend an extra £16 to play that? There's no more to it. And you could play some nice, um, it's got all the theme, it's got all the stuff like that. It's got all the branding. You're paying for a lot of branding and you, you have all the stadiums, but you could recreate the feel of Euro 2012 with FIFA 12. Has it got Gary Neville commentating over the last few seconds of a semi-final? I would buy a game if it just had Gary Neville going like this. <laughs> What's he I'm doing? I'm not sure any of us... <laughs> What's he doing? So I'm, I'm just not sure anyone needed to hear that. <laughs> His wife Everyone has to needs put to up hear with that. that. <laughs> His wife, <laughs> once a week... <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Partridge. What? <laughs> it's a bit more Prometheus. It's fine. Oh. Let's move on. Okay, um, I have some news that's come out of an event that's been happening in the States this week called CinemaCon, which has happened in Las Vegas, where a bunch of the studios have gone down what and is presented. CinemaCon? Sorry? What is CinemaCon? What could that possibly stand for? Cinema Convention. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> or pay more for 3D. Um, where, what was I saying? <laughs> yeah, the studios have come down to present footage from then slate of films coming out in the next year. And so bits and pieces came out. There was talk about Top Gun 2, which is happening. Is it? Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, Tom Cruise is going to appear in it. Same director as the original, Tony Scott. Is that exciting news? Is he gonna, Not really. No, do you think he'll be the instructor? Because he can't still be a pilot. Well, I don't know. We don't know yet. Nothing's beyond Tom Cruise, though. Of course he could be a pilot. He'll be a spaceman by now. He'll be running faster than a plane. Um, they had some footage from Grave, uh, Bra- Grave, Brave, the Scottish Pixar movie. Hooray! Keza, which apparently looks very good. Starring Keza. so Starring not me. interested in that film. Uh, no like- disrespect to the Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> it's, because you're racist. Interested. it's clearly because you're racist. Is that right? Yeah. What part of the, the UK apprentice? have we apparently not alienated? Yesterday. I haven't watched The Apprentice for about... Five years. They sent a bunch of um, public school English boys up to Scotland and got them to sell food at a football match, at a Rangers football match. And uh, there's a brilliant bit of it where one of the guys is like, well, the Scottish typically eat deep fried Mars bars and haggis, so that's what we're going to be selling. Amazing. Gen- no, no, no hint of irony. <laughs> that's all you eat. Isn't it? That is all you have for lunch there, Kez. It was pretty true. <laughs> there there are, there are, I'm sorry about the smell. There are strong fighting people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, they uh, the Lone Ranger. Uh, Johnny Depp was talking about Tonto, and they had the new Wizard of Oz movie of the Great and Powerful. But the big news that came out of it was the Hobbit. They screened ten minutes of footage from the Hobbit. Exciting, eh? Mm. Well, not really, because our guy didn't like it, and apparently, mm. nor did anyone that was there. Oh no, well, that's not strictly true. So the trouble is, uh, this film has been shot. It's the first Gloss movie <laughs> to be shot in forty-eight. Uh, frames per second yes so this was the problem as you were saying Alex yes. some uh, people didn't mind it though oh who I, I read a, uh, I was reading about it on the BBC this morning yeah I think it was the maybe it was the LA Times or something like that said it works really really well for the kind of exterior panoramic shots of like the mountains and stuff like that but not so good in the kind of well let's just explain what this is because films traditionally are shot at 24 frames per second and so um Peter Jackson has gone to great lengths and expense to shoot The Hobbit in this 48 frames per second. 
Um, and that's the way it will be digitally projected and presented in 3D. So this is what we're going to get when it comes out at Christmas. And um, our guy seemed to think it looked like a TV um, yeah, a made for show. TV so I was speaking yeah. to Stu about the technicalities of this, and he said that you know when you shoot on video, you are shooting at higher frame rate. Yeah. And then when you say film looks cinematic, it's because we've all become accustomed to 24 FPS. Mm. It has its own kind of unique texture. To so it. does it make it just look a bit too real, like they're just standing there with props and stuff? Yeah, he he said that um, Jim, who who reviewed it for us, said that the the images were incredibly sharp and the colours seemed more vivid and brighter. Um, the darker scenes were much more murky, though, especially with the 3D, which That's, he wasn't impressed with. Yeah, I I sort of read something about the being the contrast was a bit skewed. Um, you couldn't pick a lot of stuff out. But as you say, Kez, the, the reality looked that much more pronounced, so the, yeah. the beard looked faker. That's true. It's going to be really unforgiving. Yeah. And the wigs look like wigs. And it's the, fantasy as well. Like It's not like... A- yeah. So exactly what Jim said, it kept pulling him out of the film and into reality when it was kind of nice, that kind of picture book, fairy tale mm, mm. aspects of, of those Lord of the Rings I get, movies. I get that Jackson's kind of trying to pioneer things, he's trying to innovate, but at the same time, you'd think you'd want to preserve some kind of continuity with the Lord of the Rings movies, mm. visually. It's going to look weird alongside them. Very. Do, don't you think that he'll sort it out in time for launch? It's not something he can sort out. I don't know. I don't know, though. It's a problem inherent to the way that he's chosen to shoot I don't know enough about that kind of thing. So you can't just degrade it to 24 FPS? No, but but there must be kind of effects or filters Filters. that you can run over the top. Because I I also read that James Cameron's going to do the same for Avatar 2. It's going to be shot between 48 and 60 frames per second. Right. God, I know a lot about this, don't I? You do. Yeah. How long is that going to take James Cameron to make Avatar two? I was going to say, it doesn't, well, they don't have to. It doesn't take more because they're <laughs> shooting, <laughs> shooting more frames. They're working on it, right? More, do you need more cameramen? The like. studio has been working for a while on it already. They've been. They've got a huge um, uh, building set up where they're working on designs for plants and wow creatures. I and I think uh, there's talk of it being underwater. Avatar two. I couldn't be any less excited for that film. <laughs> really? Any less? Excited? Any less? No. I'm not excited about the Hobbit whatsoever. Oh, I am. I'm really excited about the cast, to be honest. I don't care about the story. It's just like, Lord of the Rings, this is epic tale. Find out how some guy got a ring. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, the footage screen, so, though, the footage screen God did sound good. work experience is coming to an end this week. That's all I can say. Uh, they had a s- it's a great book. It's not. It is. That's the end of the conversation. So <laughs> uh, there, there was, the footage shown, though, did have a scene between Bilbo and Gollum, and apparently Gollum, Gollum looks great. Um, and there's glimpses of Orlando Bloom as Legolas again and Elijah Wood as Frodo. Mm. And Ian Holm pops up as, as Bilbo as well in the Shire. So it'll be nice to see all those characters I, I, again. Honestly, Does I it cannot have, like, wait. flash forward to the Lord of the Rings films? Presumably, or? yes. Right. It's presumably going to be framed like... the dovetail in some way. It'll be framed like Bilbo telling a story probably as an old Yeah, yeah. reading the book. Yeah. Or, yeah or Frodo I've not watched the Lord of the Rings in a while. I might watch them all again. Maybe he'll go back and remake them all. In 48 frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> we can but hope. I'm sure that wouldn't cost too so much. So that, that was obviously a disaster, but also The Dark Knight Rises uh, did screen some, some new footage. And the good news that we've talked about this before, uh, Bane's audio not being able to be heard in the original uh, stuff they screened, they've sorted that out now apparently. And Is it really badly overdubbed? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim just said it's crystal clear now. Right. So that's good because none of us could understand no. a word he was saying in no. that. Yeah, and lots of scenes of uh, Catwoman in action in, in the new footage and uh, some bits and pieces, but it's a bit spoilerific, so I won't go into that here. So, it's if you still want to three months away, isn't it, I guess? I thought it was soon, but it's still three months away. Yeah. Come on, Dark Knight, But all up. the CinemaCon stuff is on the site, so have a look at IGN if you want to read what we've been up to. Do it! 
This week's trailer of the week is Crisis 3. Who here has seen it? What Not do you think, Keza? Uh, I think it looks really cool. Like uh, Crisis 2 was one hell of a game about shooting stuff. It really was. Yeah. And Crisis 3 looks the same, but it's... um. It's kind of like Crisis 1 when it was at its best. You very much felt like a stalker in the jungle and you were kind of stalking prey and it was very cool. And then Crisis 2 was much more sort of shooting stuff, yeah. much more like um, kind of big vertiginous New York setting and it was it was very much about, um, you know, the, the kind of action. Yeah. But this is like a combination because you've got, it's set in a new, like an overgrown oh, You saw the New game, York. didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it looks really cool what they've shown. And there's, there's um, a really excellent Hawkeye-style composite bow thing. Yeah, it's like the signature really weapon hyping, of the game. Yeah, that is the main weapon in the game. It's all about bow and arrows. Bow and arrows are really in at the moment. They are in. They're in cool Yeah, again. they're in Game of Thrones. They're in the Avengers. What happened with Churok? Churok pioneered that. Yeah. I reckon Churok is ripe for a comeback. Yeah. Do you think? Well, if they make it good. But yeah, any games with dinosaurs are good. Mm. It's true. What was the last big dinosaur game? Nancy versus Dinosaurs? Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's not exactly a AAA release, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Dino Crisis is the only one I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. Jurassic Park, the game was I always really wanted Jurassic Park Lego. I'm sick of Lego games, but Jurassic Park Lego. It's out. Yeah, I remember I showed you it in Vid- a Forbidden Planet. I told you, I texted you. I showed you Forbidden Planet. Game. Oh. Like oh. Oh. Well, you didn't say that, did you? You said you wanted Jurassic Park Lego, which is available. I remember Legos in the corner. the games, but I'd like a Jurassic Park Lego. Yeah. Let's rewind that Anyway, Crisis. Yeah. Crisis, awesome. It looks good. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's it's still a game about shooting things. Like most of the, although the setting looked really really cool and the bow was nice and stuff. Like a lot of it was very much it's like still it's still a game about yeah, shooting you, things. Yeah, you, you you kind of survey the situation and then you can jump down and shoot people. But it's always the same with these things. As soon as you alert anyone, it just all goes to pot. Yeah, you're running around yeah. shooting things like it's, any other sh- shooter. I didn't see any actual new gameplay of any variety in in it. But that doesn't mean it can't be an excellent game, obviously. But there was nothing new in that little reveal presentation. The bow was cool. Other than that, there was like remote hacking of turrets. There was, you know, nothing, nothing you've not seen before. Well, why don't we check out the trailer? Let's. The greatest city on earth. Now a spawn of jungle and ruins. Oh, I like the box art. Yeah, it's a bit. I think it looks a little bit like if they set Predator in the Eden Project. Yes. Well, that's Crisis One, isn't it? <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. When Devon <laughs> set in Devon, is the Eden Project in Devon? No, Maybe it's in Cornwall. But oh. I was going to let you off. Oh, oh well. Uh, so what's the deal with New York, and why is it overrun with vegetation? Well, there's, there's the crisis. To be honest, I've played both Crisis games, and I can't really remember that much of what happens in them. They've got one of those stories that just sort of glosses over. Yeah, but evil. This, they put this weird nanodome over New York City for right. two reasons: yeah. one to keep the Ceph out, and one to keep the Ceph in. No, the other one is so they could sterilize New York City. Yeah, the basic- new- sterilizing using nanotechnology, but that's basically resulted in this growth of vegetation. Well, I mean, it's, it's been it's set twenty. Growth. No, it's set, it's set twenty five years after. Right. So it, yeah, still accelerating. Yeah, yeah. like looking growth. at yeah. the yeah. environment there. Years. Yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, they they basically they they couldn't. It's a cell corporation who are, turn out to be the bad guys. They sort of betray the protagonist of crisis games. I know. Evil corporation. And they um they've basically just given up on New York and put it under a dome and the Ceph have run right in there and evolved and things. And so essentially, it's Prophet who I think I don't think he's been a protagonist yet. Profit, but he featured quite heavily in the first crisis, mm. and it's not clear what's happened to the guy from the second crisis, who I think was called Alcatraz, because he then became Profit. It's one of those things. Yeah. But I think there'll probably be two or three protagonists in it. 
That's my hunch. They but do yeah, make it looks a lot really of, cool. It, I was going to say, visually, it's a pretty looking game. CryEngine 3, man. It looks extraordinary. footage, it says at the bottom quite proudly. Yeah. On a really high-end PC. Yeah. Small text. Yeah. It did look extraordinary, though, when we yeah. saw it. Like it, It's it's going to be, you know, as you'd expect from Crytek, it's going to be new standard setting for Yeah, And there's one gun that amazing. you can wield in the game that shoots. Guess how many bu- bullets it shoots per second? Four. 500. 500 <laughs> rounds I, per second. My gun yeah. shoots 501. Does it? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Day one DLC. Matt, <laughs> what, what what are your feelings on the Crisis games? Um, well, I really like the push for story in that trailer. There are stuff, go kill stuff. I mean, that's revolutionary right there. Um, I don't know. I never really played a Crisis game. I played the Crisis 2 multiplayer, and I thought, it's cool jumping from buildings, but that's rich, literally all I've ever seen of Crisis. You've got jumping from buildings and stalking the undergrowth now, rather than jumping from buildings or stalking the undergrowth. I'm just fed up of shooters. <laughs> they're, they're all so boring now. That mm. one might be slightly less boring. I hope so. I actually saw Ghost Recon Future Soldier in action. Um, at the, I did a BAFTA event a couple of days ago, and that looked like a not boring shooter. I, I like shooters. I've yeah. been playing Ghost Recon quite a bit. I took that home the other night. It's really good. Yeah, it How looks it like great. It? It you really didn't does. tell me that you've been playing it? Yeah. We were going to talk about it later. I was going to talk to you about it. Oh. It's intelligent, though. That's the thing. It's an intelligent shooter. It's you not, can... you know, here's a man shooting when he pops up. It feels like an amazing action movie you watch, and when you take cover and you're being suppressed, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I played for a couple of those levels at the same BAFTA event, and I really enjoyed it, but it felt a lot like Splinter Cell Conviction, just his I think that's free just... squad mate It's now a shooter. But I think that it's, Ubisoft have just been smart and they've retained gameplay mechanics that they've created that yeah. work really well. well. Yeah, and there's it does work mechanics. well in that environment. Yeah, The really marking g- system is, is perfect for that game. And the Absolutely. cover run. I really like that. It's yeah. really fun. There's, there's a super... Um, the idea of pace they've got for it where it's like totally quiet, completely quiet, and you're just setting out what's going to happen. And then the second when you decide to, to kind of set things alight, it just explodes. Yeah. It's a bit like that in Crisis, but I'm not sure. It seems you do a feel like scripted. a badass in it as well. Yeah. Whereas in Call of Duty, sometimes you feel like an idiot running around. Yeah. Uh, absorbing yeah, it's bullets. Controlled, isn't it? Absorbing yeah. bullets. Yeah. The best bit was uh, it's like in an airport level when it's about eight enemies. So I marked three of them, set uh, my teammates to shoot them all, then in slow motion shot the other five. And there, you, you feel awesome. Mm. <laughs> Matt likes killing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like shooters, but I do like killing people. <laughs> it was like strategy. I like, I like, I like, that's the thing, it's about thinking. It's just me. about it thinking. told me to kill. It's just about <laughs> thinking about it, rather than, than people boring. just popping out from behind walls all the time and you being like, oh, there's a head, oh, yeah. there's a head. It's thinking about it in advance. Yeah. That's what I like I about Ghost Recon. Launcher. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. hoping that Crisis is like that because a lot of the sneaking around stuff look pretty like stabbing an alien through the head that looks pretty fun this week's talking point do viol- violent video games have an effect on people <laughs> <laughs> stabbing aliens in the face <laughs> aliens in it like people that's alright <laughs> <laughs> give them blue skin and it's fine I was discussing this, I was t- discussing this with someone the other day like, I, don't, I don't like violence in anything I hate like violence in horror films and I can't really deal with extreme violence in video games either fine when it's not people I'm oh, totally happy to hack a dragon to death, <laughs> you know, graphically, dog. you know, yeah. you ever, skin it. I'm quite happy to st- <laughs> stab aliens through the face. When you watch E.T., do you go, why are you not kicking the shit out of the little alien dude? <laughs> <laughs> He's clearly a threat to humanity. When he, goes, when he goes out as a ghost, why isn't that sheet dripping with blood? Come on. I was on, the side, the, of the, I was on the side of the guys who were going to experiment on him and kill him, actually. <laughs> he can bring stuff back to life. We need that power. Harvest true. it now. <laughs> it's weird when he goes white and a bit mouldy, isn't it? Lesson. No, it's sad. I know. He's like a turd on a winter's day. Did yeah. anybody else find that film really frightening as a child? Uh, yeah, no, no. yeah. The the bits with Has keys mouse. and the yeah, when they show up, that's frightening. But 
Not E.T. Hazmat what? Hazmat. <laughs> First section of the podcast. <laughs> I just really now want to see a retelling of Casper the Friendly Ghost, whether they exercise him. Just <laughs> lame to rest. Hang on, didn't Casper the Friendly Ghost face adversity as well? Of some variety? Like, weren't they trying to get him out of his house or something? I can't remember now. No, I can't remember. It's all lost in the mists of time. Anyway... Uh, readers, let us know what you think of uh, the Crisis 3 trailer. IGN UK feedback, IGN.com, Twitter.com slash IGN UK, or Facebook.com slash IGN UK. This week, the ZX Spectrum turned 30. What the fuck is the ZX Spectrum? It's older than most of the people in this room. Well, not really. Oh, and most, most of the people, yes, yeah. that's true. Chris, would you like to tell people what the ZX Spectrum is? It was a computer that turned 30 this week. It was, that's right. <laughs> it, was the first, it was the first time computer that I owned, certainly. I don't know about you, Alex. I never owned a Spectrum, actually. No. My mates owned one. But it was, it was black, and it had little rubber keys. Yeah. That's the thing that I remember most about it, is little rubber keys. And uh, it took forever to load. Forever. I spent a good deal of my childhood waiting for <laughs> just games, games to, load. to load up. Only on hiding at your television. After 10 minutes of sitting at a screen that was flickering with a funny noise coming out, only for it not to work, and you had to rewind the tape and start again. Which is pretty much like firmware updates on PS3 these <laughs> yeah. days. So nothing's changed. <laughs> Um, there are a lot of people saying the Spectrum is like one of the absolute cultural artifacts of your generation. Like the the, 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 the it completely changed cult- yeah. British culture. Being a cheap computer that was accessible for everybody, it, it taught people how to. It, it opened the door for a lot of people to get into coding, to coding getting yeah. into technology. Yeah. Well, None like of my friends were coding games. though. They were all buying games for it. But that's, some of the games are like ninety nine pence or something like that. God, yeah. I remember like Codemasters did a load of uh, games. They did a bullseye game. I assume it was on Spectrum. It was definitely on C64. And it was really good. It just had this animated shaky dart. And that's what you did. That was the thing. You could buy like a, a proper game from like 9.99 or 12.99 or yeah. loads of 99p games. And I'd always do the 99p because I thought I'd be getting good value. <laughs> and then I'd play them all for five minutes and then yeah. get bored. Yeah. Where did you buy games from back then? Oh, God. You used to get Wall them off Wesson. other people in the playground, didn't Certainly you? Wall they used to buy random well. piracy. Games from Debate Smiths. Yeah, there'd, yeah. Be, there'd be little, so and there'd be little hot Dixons and little hardware shops that would sell computers and bits and pieces. They'd have like game racks. Like where video shop as well. Forage for the local video shop. But I remember, like, yeah, all the cheap ninety nine games are just all bundled into a big um, like bin. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Do you agree that it's responsible in part for the democratization of like technology stuff in the UK? I certainly. Yeah, I, I would say. In terms of cultural impact, cultural impact, that's probably is the the biggest thing that changed it. Because before that, we had a ZX80 and a ZX81 in our household, but never a Spectrum, which is weird. Mm. But I felt like the odd one out because all of my mates had um, the Spectrum, but we had the Atari VCS. So mm. it's kind of like you know, which is obviously a pure games machine. Well, to pick up on what you were saying, just to put that into context, when the ZX came out, the base model sold for 125 pounds, and the what's f- that in today's money? Taking into inflation, probably like 200 quid. And the um, more advanced model, the 48K, went for £175. But they were much cheaper than the nearest competitors, which were the BBC Micro, which was £299 back then, and the Commodore 64 was also £299. Someone who was around... 300 back- quid back then is a lot of money. It's exactly. a lot, isn't it? In the... What year was that? So, what was that? Uh, uh, 82. Maths. Someone was telling me that the <laughs> yeah, Spectrum... My strong point. <laughs> Spectrum versus the, um, the, C, the C64 was like a class thing. It became like a class war. Like the posh kids had 
Commodores and yeah. all the working class kids had Spectrums and it became like a big sort of status thing about which you had and it was, so people were proud of it was not a, having I a Commodore. I often used to play my Spectrum down the mine. <laughs> but it was, it was a bit like the STN Amiga though. And, mm. uh, you know, it's the same as all the rivalries. But thankfully we didn't have internet forums working, like each other off What's the most working class console of today? <laughs> I don't think, we don't have British consoles anymore, do we? It doesn't really work. It was, yeah. the, the, the British... Um, hardware industry died a death obviously but I think do you think there would still be that element if there were British consoles today there'd just be like there'd be the oh, I wish there like, was a British like console was, like the Amstrad nice, actually British console like the Amstrad yeah I do love the fact that uh, the Spectrum was uh, invented by Sir Clive Sinclair who then went and designed a, a little electric car as well the C5 <laughs> yep. which we all had we all had one of them as well didn't I we? remember <laughs> seeing one of those and thinking I so want one of those. You could drive I'm pleased with your little perspex tie. I saw, <laughs> I saw one of those in a, in a window in, in Tokyo, weirdly. Right. I had no idea what it was, and I was standing with somebody who, who was part of the Spectrum generation. Yeah. They were just like, fuck me, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Clive Sinclair's little car. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but, uh, yeah. That, uh, that was a glimpse of the Jetsons' future. What were your favourite Spectrum games? Well, the, the one thing I was going to mention house? <laughs> was, uh, well, Daily Thompson's we played a lot yeah. and destroyed his keyboard. But also there was a game called Kickstart, which is basically like a, an 8-bit, well, I don't even know if it's 8-bit, whatever it was, version of Trials. Yep. But uh, like side-on uh, motorbike game where you had to go like across. Excite bike. Of course. It's kind of like Excitebike, mm. but again, the precursor to that. And there was a TV show on at the time as yes. well, Junior Kickstart, which That's was right. everyone would watch in the summer holidays. But that was, yeah, I spent a lot of time playing that. What was your favourite game, Chris? You were showing me a, bit, a little bit of a I was Emily New so- International Soccer, best football title of all time. <laughs> I don't even know what it was. The you graphics can, were you amazing. Do you, know, do you know who Emily Hughes is? Yeah. Okay. No. Was he, was Who's he, Emily Hughes? No, he's English. Is he? Yeah, he was English. <laughs> he's the most Welsh name in the world. Yeah. He was England captain. He was England captain for a while. Okay. The Liverpool captain. He was a famous footballer who he was question sport captain he was as well. And he, he very sadly okay. died. Um, too Did young. He? Yeah, yeah. He died about five years ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, really, really sad. I hate question of sport. It was funny when he was on though. When it was Edmund yeah. Hughes and Bill Beaumont and Princess Anne. I was about to use the soundboard. I'm really glad I didn't then because that conversation turned, <laughs> turned, turned in an unexpected direction. Mm. Are there any Spectrum games that are still going today? Uh, well, what was that? Um, what was the one that uh, Cody's just recently? Dizzy. Yeah. Was yeah. Well, they, well, well, Dizzy did appear on the Spectrum, but yeah, they kind of redid it. Revamped it. Yeah, revamped it. Right, so West. some of the characters are still around. They Thought- remade Jetpack. Did yeah. they? Boulder Dash yeah. was on um, XBLA. Football manager. Games. Football manager was on ZX Spectrum. Yeah, it's probably not the same one. No, I wouldn't have thought. Would you like no. to bring back Elite? That wasn't on the Spectrum, was it? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Our type. I, I, I think. The, I think a lot of these games appeared across several. Days. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to play Elite for our top 100 gaming moments to do the, the manual docked, space docking. I never really want to play that again. It wasn't much fun. And I can't remember this, but SimCity originally appeared on the ZX Spectrum, which. Seems like that a surprise to me. Well, I remember uh, like a really? flight simulator being on like Spectrum, and it literally was a blue square and a green square, and that was your horizon, <laughs> and that was pretty much it. Well, wow. <laughs> exactly. Graphics that basically look like flags. <laughs> yes. It's really difficult, I think, for a lot of younger people to relate to what, what on earth was going on with anything pre-Amiga, because you look at Spectrum games, and you more importantly, you play Spectrum games, and they're so just hideously difficult to even use mm. that I mean I, I wonder if I'd grown up in that time if I would even like video games I presume I would have yeah you would yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was, it was, honestly like the, the 
the leap from kind of uh, Spectrum through to um, Atari ST and you know mm. uh, Snares and Mega Drive and all that stuff. Really it was such a kind of compressed period of time, but so many amazing things happened. It was like. Oh my god, this is amazing! Yeah, that that had totally slowed down. <laughs> that, that had slowed down by the time we were kids because I, I kind of went SNES ten sixty four and then yeah. sixty four to GameCube, and that basically kind of stopped there, really. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, the obviously well, Nintendo stopped there. We're, we've we've yeah. reached the zenith. Essentially, like we're never going to have that kind of amazing two D to three D leap that the SNES no. sixty four represented ever again, are we? Although I'm glad that it slowed down because people back then they had to buy a lot of new consoles because new stuff coming out all the time. At least here we can buy a console and keep with it for years. But but that's the thing that I also love the fact. That I didn't have a spectrum, but I used to go around to my mates after school every single night and play his games there. And then he used to come around and play on, you know, my stuff. So we played different consoles and well, computers around at different people's houses. That's that is nice. Cool, yeah. 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 Whereas you get all the spot little brats like these days. I want one of everything. Give yeah. it to me. Like That's you, I'm basically. Yeah, my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't like do that voice. SNES and Mega Drive was the same. Yeah, you go around to your friends. Yeah, you go around to your friends to play Sonic. And we would tactically, we, we, they would look after the Mega Drive. I would look after the Nintendo, and we used to like periodically swap. One of my friends mm. had a PC. That was like huge in 1997. That was like literally. Deal. <laughs> 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 it took up most of their living room. Like data center. <laughs> what would we do now, though, if we didn't have multi-platform games? And you had an Xbox with the Xbox games, had PS3 to PS3 games. Just like then, I'd, we'd all I'd, go around to each other's houses for dinner parties, followed be by video social. Games. That'd be, be great. <laughs> That's what's great about trials: sitting all side by side and playing simultaneously. Doesn't I, I really miss that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, after hours. That I, re- the, I really yeah, miss that, that kind of uh, online gaming, sort of taking it away a little bit. That just feeling of I think the, the feeling of playing with your friends is actually quite a lot stronger than the community that the internet provides. Definitely. I miss button bashing, Daily Thompson style. Do you think yeah. we could fi- figure out a version of that to play in the office when the Olympics is on? Have you known? Well, I, I'm sure. I, I haven't seen the Olympics game that's coming out, but there must be an element of that in there. No, but I mean, let's get da- Daily Thompson fixed up if we can. Have we not got let's any... Because we've got an arcade cabinet in yeah, our kitchen. Yeah, we could probably I get... We could get track a, and field or something. We must be able to yeah. get track and field. Because yeah. uh, Konami redid track and field for the PS1. And that I was hated really, that really good. So um, hard. Did you ever, so like, hard. Yeah, so but like, did you ever use a Tamagotchi? Yeah. They had track and field. Oh, no, no. But that's the rules that we had, because um, I was working on a PlayStation Mac at the time. You weren't allowed to use anything Any else, because yeah. that would be like uh, steroids so, or something my, yeah. like that. You had to only use the parts of your body. So I used to use my fingernail and go across like that. <laughs> oh. yeah, a lot of my friends used to use Tamagotchi. Something about the form factor of a Tamagotchi. You can just yeah, yeah. rapidly... That's cheating. It is no, cheating. Yeah, I know, but not if everyone's using it, I suppose. <laughs> You, I mem- not not around my house. house. Chris, have you heard about the indie game the Button? No. It is, it's, an indie, it's, it's literally all you have to do is four people and you're all sitting around a keyboard <laughs> and you have to do something with your assigned button. And it might be press it a certain number of times, it might be press it more than everybody else, it might be press it faster than everybody else, it might be press it but only when it says to. And it's different every time I think you like it. Yeah, <laughs> I want to play Button now. Uh, yeah. Paul Riders. You ever played Quop? Quop <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> it's Have a you game where you, you control someone's like thigh and lower leg. And They're a runner, right? You, you got a runner on a starting line, and you have to control the individual bits of their legs to try and get him to run in a straight line. And even going like five meters is a massive achievement. You kind of end up just like flailing and falling over. Yeah, it's extremely good. It's by the same person who did Pole Riders. It, is it good or is it? No, it is. It's it really is kind good. of like you it's play it for two minutes ago. <laughs> oh, I've, I've watched someone sit there and inch themselves for 25 minutes inch themselves slowly further along with, and I've watched I've got one person once managed to sprint I've only ever seen this once so I managed to get him to sprint for like four or five Sounds like I Alex saw on a someone go pitch. for like 200 metres you have to start jumping hurdles and god knows what it gets wow. ridiculous that's amazing yeah quop quop 
Quop. Quop and button. Do you think it's worth asking our listeners to share their experiences of the uh, spectrum or they have literally no idea what we're talking about? I think so, because we did the same on Facebook and we got quite a few so, bits of feedback. Uh, yeah, listeners, uh, what were your experiences with the spectrum? Do let us know. IGN UK feedback at IGN.com. Uh, moving on, uh, the charts this week and uh, good news for The Witcher. Straight in at number one. Hooray! Who'd have thunk it? Uh, does it deserve the number one position, Kezarg? I think it really does. I think it's a great game. You only, gave, you only gave it an 8.5. I know, I'm so harsh. Why do you hate us on the <laughs> sexiness? <laughs> <laughs> it's much better on PC, obviously. Okay. But it's um, it's a superb game. I think Ooh, it's great. Or, or, you can't was, compare it to PC. What's it on that would be unfair, is it a 12? It? Is it a 12 on the PC? What? Is it a 12? No. Out of 10? 15? Oh, I thought you meant certificate-wise. Oh, I'm like, no, it's a pretty violent game. <laughs> it's much better. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. It's great on the PC, and it's very, very great on the Xbox as well, I think. Buy it. Buy it. Uh, other interesting stuff. Um, GTA 4 has come back into the charts. Really? That's interesting. Uh, but I guess that's just... So GTA 4 and episodes of Libsy Sissy, both uh, number 33 for episodes... And uh, 38 for GTA 4, but I guess I think they've just come out on platinum, so cheapo. Yes. That's that's a long time. That can't they can't have just come out on platinum because it's well, like three they must years. Have, they must have had a sale out? or something on promotion. I think yeah. there, there was a Steam sale. I wasn't think it? Liberty's been on promotion on PSN as well. Steam mm. sale. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I'd like course to they buy a, a box of your finest Steam. <laughs> 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 but it's gone. Uh, anyway. This box is a bit damp. Bit difficult to get it home. <laughs> uh. Nothing else interesting apart from still EA dominating top 10. Five games in the top 10 uh, with SSX just slipping out. So uh, what's out this week, Daniel Kruper? Um, out this week is um, FIFA Euro 2012 expansion, but we've kind of covered that already. I think yeah. it's length. It's a bit pricey, probably not worth your money. You're going to have to really like football if you want to go and spend 16 quid on that. But Yeah, probably not. Hey-ho. Anyway, um, Prototype 2. Which we gave a 7.5 on IGN. Yeah, I think reading some of the reviews, I think it's kind of scoring around that with everyone else. So I think the kind of the overriding thing is it's fun, but there's not much more to it. There's no. not a lot of depth. It's it a was- shame because obviously um, the original came out the same time as Infamous and both games offered pretty much the same experience. Yeah. This is what, a year later than Infamous 2? Yeah. So I was kind of hoping that it'd do something. And we first saw it at Activision's pre-3 About event a year ago. A year yeah. ago. And so I was hoping that, you know, it might shine, but it's, you know, it's They're kind of sparkling a little bit. have more of a story element. And for the first 10 minutes, it talks about how his family's died and how he's going on this amazing journey. And then he just starts swearing and stabbing himself. Like punching people that's in the really face. That's really lazy, though. A lot of devs do this, where they go, oh, we're going to make it more more emotional, make mm. it more of a story. And the easy way to do that is kill his family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's not the same thing. Yeah. Look at what Uncharted does. That's how you create emotional connection to a game. Uh, and then the last thing out this week is The Walking Dead. The first, yeah, part the first one. episode, yeah. So the a series of downloadable games from Telltale. Yes. Who did so, Back to the Future. Titles. Yeah. Um, and uh, stylistically, I think they look really, really good. Um, it scored 8.5 on IGN. And, and I'm interested to see what it's like. Everyone's kind of into Walking Dead in the office. I don't really know much about this game, to be honest. Uh, uh, well, as far as I'm aware, it, it is more kind of running alongside the comic books rather than the TV series, right, okay. as far as I'm aware. Um, but uh, I think it's all new kind of storylines and stuff like that. So They've got like, branching conversations. So yeah. you've got like a not four options in a conversation. You pick one, and then you're stuck with it. And 
is meant to uh, not affect much in the first episode, but towards like, the end of the series, yeah. you know, if you lie at the start and in episode five they find out you're a liar, then you know they might hate you or whatever's mm. going to pan out. Right, right, gotcha. Interesting. But, but, you know, I think what's interesting for me is most zombie games are just kind of, you know, you're pitted against millions and millions of zombies, whereas this feels like it should be much kind of tenser and... Uh, a more engaging experience. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to check this out. Let's. Do you want to know how much it costs? Yeah. So um, it's twenty five dollars in the US. That's for a five episode season pass, which I think is pretty good. That's quite reasonable. I think. Five five dollars per thing. Um, but but it works out as um. Sorry, I just had it here. Oh, twenty euros. That's not bad. I don't think you which can't get the season pass on Xbox for some reason. You have to yeah. buy them individually. Uh, yeah, that's sorry. That's uh, you're right. That's PS3 episodes, but f- uh, five euros each, or if you want the entire five euros, it's uh, sorry, five seasons episodes. God Almighty, I can't get it right. <laughs> well, you say you save five euros. I think that's a bargain. Because um, four hundred Microsoft points per episode on uh, Xbox. So again, check it out. What about movies, Chris? Nothing much happening really in the uh, charts the last week. Battleship stays at number one. It's made six million wow. now, which is okay. And um, salmon fishing in the Yemen actually did pretty well. It opened at number two. So, just on the subject of um, battleship, did anybody see the uh, hungry hippos poster that someone did. put together? No. I thought it was in the good. style of battleship. It's really. I'll, I'll find it while Chris is talking <laughs> about the charts. It's very funny. Um, and then Lockout opened at number seven, a film that Bex quite liked, but none of the rest of us have seen. That's about that. Um, and also, and obviously coming out this week, we have The Avengers, which is in cinemas now. So everyone go and see that and don't see anything else this week. Go see that a couple of times, probably. Unless you see Being Elmo, which is out this week, which is a documentary I really loved. You did like that, didn't you? Yeah, about the chap who is the puppeteer for Elmo from Sesame Street. It's a very sweet, uh, quite moving documentary. That sounds really good. So has he been the puppeteer for a long, long time? Then? Yeah, like- Kevin Clash, he's called. And they started off with him. They had this puppet and all the different puppeteers were trying to do a voice for it, trying to work it. And they couldn't. They gave up on him and kind of chucked him in the corner and Kevin Clash picked him up and just started doing the voice. Wow, that's great. I want to see the Hungry Hungry Hippos movie. (laughs) So uh, just showing it to Krupa. Basically, it's a giant hippo coming out of the sea uh, behind uh, what I guess is a battleship. Let's let's put it on the podcast story. Let's put it on the podcast story. So uh, it says the battle for Earth begins in Africa. (laughs) That to me looks like a much better movie than Battleship. Starring Justin Timberlake. (laughs) So yeah, that's that for the charts and coming out next week. So maybe some listener FU, Alex? Uh, yes, yeah, so, well, I don't have the first piece, I think that oh, is... Shall I actually start off, because I went on our Facebook page, and I've looked up the Spectrum story, and we've got lots of bits of feedback from people about Spectrum. So, asking people for their good memories, um, someone said, uh, Phil Rogers says, I remember getting my first one from the Timex factory in Dundee, it was an awesome machine. Um, uh, who else? Uh, my first computer, I love playing Dizzy and never beating the first level, says John Summers. I had one of these, remember playing Viz and Robocop. Do you remember playing Viz? I remember uh, Robocop, yeah. Viz? I don't remember Viz. Not, not like the magazine Viz. Yeah, no, it was. I think yeah, it was. Yeah. Fat Slags. Yeah. Uh, Simon Collins. The fat Slags? Never. <laughs> Simon Collins remembers getting blisters wiggling the joystick to win on Day Thompson's Decathlon. Uh, more of a joystick man. See, I was a keyboard man. Um, but yeah, we got lots of... Uh, Lots of feedback. And, and finally, Lee Donnell says, endlessly copying the basic code out the back of the manual to play a game of Pong, only for it to not work because I'd made a mistake somewhere. That was the thing. You'd literally spend an entire day following um, tiny little um, 
characters and then miss out one little thing. Error. Frustrating times. But uh, there you go. Lots of low feedback. I, I actually, I've got uh, an email from Nixie on a similar subject saying, um, obviously, he read that the Spectrum was 30 this year. Uh, sorry, this uh, yeah, this year. That's right. Um, first game that he played was Attic Attack from Ultimate Play. Um, Ultimate Play the game. Uh, I remember Attic Attack. It's good. Um, but he has a question. If you could resurrect a title from uh, that era um, to be put on a console, a port- portable device right now, what would it be? So he's listed some here, just as a little helper. Jetpack, Attic Attack, Saber Wolf, Underworld, Night Law, Alienate, Nightshade, and Gunfright. For me, you know, as I said earlier, I think Trials pretty much does what I wanted. Um, um, what was it called? Kickstart, wasn't it? Mm. That's right. What I wanted it to do. Maybe, maybe sort of downloadable XBLA titles. That, that could be a, kind of a good source of inspiration. Yeah. I'd like to see a really cool modern version of Gauntlet. Well, they, but they remade Gauntlet, but they just they did it in a really shit way. Do it in a good way, then. Yeah, <laughs> do it again, but better. Do it, but better. Uh. I have some feedback from Christopher Ferguson, who says he's a long-time listener, first-time writer. In um, he says, I wanted to get one thing out of the way first. Alex improves the quality of the podcast immensely when he's on it. You might not like it, but it's true. This is absolute bollocks. It is clearly has been Alex. Absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> this is bollocks. And, uh, can you just ex- say? Uh, did you hear that? What? Well, that one, <laughs> what? Clearly Nothing. hasn't met Alex in person. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's, I'm, I'm going to break his face as soon as the mics are off. <laughs> it's a firm hand on the rudder. That's what does it. Well, that's it. There I'm is gonna... at least a sense of direction with this podcast when I'm on it. Otherwise, it turns into a fucking shambles. They're 20% <laughs> oh, yeah, today, today's great evidence. <laughs> They're 20% funnier when I host. I'm setting fire to that email when we're done. He says, I was dismayed, dismayed that when going through the list of TV programs about gaming, no one mentioned Video Gaiden. It was a bit hit and miss, sure, but it was for grown-up gamers, and there were moments of absolute genius. I don't actually remember that. It was that, it, you know, Consylvania? Yes. It was the TV's, BBC Scotland TV version of Consylvania. The BBC's TV's, BBC Scotland's <laughs> what? BBC Scotland made a TV oh. version of it, Video Guiden. It was only broadcast at like 3am on BBC Scotland, which is probably oh. why you've never <laughs> right. seen it. But it was, it was great, it was pretty good. Okay. It was Pennsylvania. And that's from Dr. Christopher Ferguson. Yes, see? Doctors like me. A who works, who works at the University ignorance. of Edinburgh, which is my alma mater. Uh, uh, what? what? Alma mater. He, work, he works in my department as well. Do you know what alma mater means? No. Nourishing mother. Yes. <laughs> On that note, number... Uh, I've got an email from Oralee. That's a nice name, isn't it? Uh, I don't know if that's a, a boy or a girl. Oh, well, that is a really nice name. Oralee La Rose. Oralee's a girl. What a lovely name. Anyway, she says, Why is it nowadays that most boss battles and harder portions of the game still rely on either flooding you with enemies, making an enemy so ridiculously tough that the amount of bullets, stroke magic, stroke whatever, would have physically torn away their head entirely and put the rule of three... Oh, sorry, she hates the rule of three, which is when you have to hit bad guys three times. Three times? Uh, The latter annoys me most, but isn't it just a cheap excuse for gameplay? Well, yes. That's the one thing I hated, or the thing I hated the most about... Uh, Arkham Asylum was that you had bosses that you fought in different ways all the way up till the Joker thing in the end and it was just like this is shit was Spoilers. it rule of three? yeah Arkham but, City basically had the same boss fight over and over again that was a bit uh, yeah but no I, I, I disagree with that because like the Mr. Freeze boss fight was, was really difficult. really oh, good oh, I yeah, I Mr. Freeze. To, see that yeah. was a good boss fight yeah. that worked 
Yeah, I think the rule of three can be kind of comforting in a Nintendo game, though. You it just wor- know if you, it if works you with the guy on the head three times, you'll die. It works with Mario. Yeah, it's like a pro- but it doesn't ha- has no place. That's in, more of an audio it's, it's, it's proper device, yeah, a proper it's formal device. Yeah, that has origins. It is a formal device. I think it should be not discarded. You know, we still do sonnets. People still write in the sonnet. Not very many of them, but they still do. Most games now end with a boss fight because we expect it to, and even if a boss doesn't work, they have to put one in. Hence Deus Ex Human Revolution. Uncharted. Can't finish that game. That boss is too hard. Uncharted is a really conspicuous example of people with, like, really sort of... They don't know how to finish an Uncharted game without a boss. Yeah. And the boss is always a little bit... First one, a bit of a mystery, it was quick time events on a boat. Second one, angry Russian man goes invincible. <laughs> <laughs> Third one, yeah. knife fight. <laughs> yeah. They're running out of boss ideas, I brought a they? gun to it. <laughs> um, next bit of feedback is from Darren. Oh, wait, before we move on, sorry. Demon's Souls and Dark Souls do not have Rule of Three or any other annoying boss boss fight conventions. They're one of the greatest games of boss fights. Amazing Well, it is just a game made up of boss fights. It's a game made up of brilliant boss fights, yeah. Shadow of the Colossus. Exactly. Shadow of the Colossus as well, also great. Next bit of feedback is from Darren, who lives in Adelaide, South Australia, and he has a 3DS, so he plays it with his son, and he's left-handed, and he wants to know whether he can play Kid Icarus. Ooh... Because you're a lefty, aren't you? Um, but I haven't actually played Kid Icarus. I've been avoiding it because everyone's slagging it off. Apparently it's more playable with a circle pad, but still not perfect. You, you need the little stand, really. Why? Because it's a portable it device. Why hands. would I need yeah, a stand? I think, yeah, I think no. we have covered this before on the podcast, that um, if you use the cradle, you can play it left-handed using the other analogue. I still don't know why, why they didn't make it joint. I know, analog. but I'm, just, I'm trying to offer a solution. But it's a shit solution. But it... I didn't say it was a good solution. Right. Well, a shit solution sounds... The, 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 the Southpaw <laughs> controls don't really work when you only have one analogue stick on the left side of the screen, do they? No. Unfortunately. Maybe I should sue mm. Nintendo. Sue them. Let's I reckon sue you them. could get I'm money. I reckon I could. Nowadays. You could sue McDonald's for making you fat. <laughs> Did they I ever didn't actually do that. Do I just say <laughs> the way you said that, it yeah, made it sound <laughs> like I sued them for making me fat. Yeah. I go guys, around suing people. <laughs> did those guys win the win their case? Though they probably didn't, did they? Let's be honest. I remember yeah. it being reported; it was being filed. Yeah. I have an email from Royce Butler who asks a question: What are the best implementations of CGI characters in movies? Well, it's got to be Jar Jar Binks, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Jar Jar Binks, no? Jurassic Park. That's what I remember. Jurassic Park's pretty Ter- good. Terminator. Gollum. Surely two. Gollum. Terminator 2, I think, still. Gollum's the only CGI character who looks like he's actually there. I, I, I still... Because there's interplay. Yeah, well, no, does no one else like Gollum? No, I do no, like I Gollum. Yeah. What I don't like is that Gollum changed between the first film and the second film. What did they do to him? It just made his eyes look a bit different, but that's fine. Did that really freak you out? No. But it just does change me. frighten you, Alex? Mm, yes. Mm, okay. I like the characters in Toy Story. Yeah, <laughs> good. I like the ones where it's Human a bit. Science, I like the quite subtle ones, like um, Lieutenant Dan in in Forrest Gump or uh, Benjamin Button. Yeah, I can't you know see. where it's it's Benjamin it's, Button's just fucking freaky. Though I know you're looking at thinking how the f- <laughs> how the f have they done this? That's I got a like, weird little old baby man. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> He's my favourite though, but old baby, old baby man, <laughs> dude, <laughs> baby man, Brad Pitt, old man, dude. The real guy, the Benjamin, curious case of Benjamin Button or the little baby man, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
been a much much better at the box office. That's the original little baby man dude. I would see that movie. That'd be the sequel. You should be in film PR. Marketing. You know what it is. Or is the curious case of Benjamin Button? No one can be bothered being curious. You know the Emily Scott film? Alex came up with the title for that. Alien. Uh, I've got an email from Luke, uh, who's actually the chap that sent us our map. He says, uh, it's been almost a year since we received the imaginary world map, because we used to say it wasn't real, but it is. Uh, He would love to see what's been added to it, and if we could post a picture in the podcast story, uh, that would indeed be awesome. So we Daniel? will do that. We will do that. Do that. We're, we're just redecorating, but we're going to get the map framed. But it's it's densely populated with multicolored stickers. Now. If it's framed, how do we get more? Well, stickers no, we, on it? maybe just not glass. Ah. We'll just we'll frame it on the wall. Clever. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, he also says that he's so excited for Prometheus, and if we could have a new and good movie done in an existing film world, which one would you choose? What? Uh, well, he says, I don't think Star Wars should count as that often. So, like, another film set within that world that's yeah. not a kind of direct sequel. Oh, yes. oh, I get it. Well, that's putting us on the spot. Like a, like a film spin off in a weird kind of. Why can't we choose Star Wars? Because <laughs> you say he no. said that there was the know. rules. But that's ridiculous rules. Can't you have, like, one in the world of Inception? It's just like you a can. little girl's nightmare. I think short stories based on Inception. There must be loads of short story fan fiction about Inception. I'd like to see um, a film based on the Jurassic Park series, and it's um, Rich, um, Richard Hammond, John Hammond. And it'll be basically him just making <laughs> it. That'd be amazing. Richard and he's racing dinosaurs around the track. Richard, Richard the Hamster Hammond. Not Hamster. And John Hammond building his little flea circus. You know the little Mouse Rice flea circus yeah. that he has in the end of the film? And he talks to Ellie Sadler about how it, people marvelled at it. I don't remember that. And then, in the final act, the, 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 the fleas kill people. Yeah, it's in the f- first film. It's when they're eating ice cream. Oh, right. It's all melting. Uh you wouldn't like to see Muldoon and the Raptors then? Well, that's that sounds like an, that's an awesome well, that's band. band. Yeah. Muldoon and the Raptors. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, there you go. That's um, an awesome band. I know it's not particularly exciting, but I'd like to see another film in the Zombieland universe. I thought it was really funny. I'd like to see other... Alex. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Alex's so phone. much better when he's on it, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <I'd> like, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see other stories taking place in that world, other uh, kind of adventures going on, other road movies. Hello? Hi. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Sorry. No, I've not? always, uh, it's not really film related because The Hunger Games is the only film out in this thing. But I thought it'd be great to just get all the stories of all the other Hunger Games leading up to it. I know it's just a series of people being killed. Matt, but you know what? There have been it films could be interesting. Yeah. yeah, well, you the backstory. Sorry, Chris. The backstory for Woody Harrelson's character. Hey, yeah. hey. Hamish. Hamish. Yeah, I want to see his Hunger Games. So one of them, I remember reading in it, it's like a volcano erupts and just lava burns a bunch of kids to death. And Brilliant. That would make wow. crazy films. You know this podcast, in many ways, it's been a Rorschach test for Matt, I think. Necessary violence. What it's taught us is that we need to be a bit more stringent with our uh, work experience people and make sure that we don't, out the office more don't get fucking psychos in, quite frankly. Better more thoroughly. It's a Dalek costume. It ruined me. <laughs> What's the Dalek we costume? Did, we did make him wear a Dalek costume. Well, in the, he in the literally office. brought it on himself because he brought it in. Yeah. Matt brought in a Dalek costume, uh, full body Dalek costume that made him look like a poo. I went away for an hour. <laughs> I came back and Matt sitting there, sitting there in a little Dalek costume on the chair. I was like, what have they done to you, Matt? I, 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 I don't think Bex really knew what it was. She went, 
Why does he have a penis on his head? <laughs> I thought <laughs> you looked like Cleopatra. With a, pe- <laughs> with a penis on her head. So far away from Cleopatra. And the colour scheme's a little bit Pocahontas as well. It is, it's weird, it's weird, it's a weird Dalek costume. Anyway, you're welcome. Did we actually answer his questions there? I don't know. I'd to see Stuart in it though. Yeah, yeah I, think we've, I think we've got a few answers. Any more feedback? No. No. Nobody has any more feedback. we go and, now. And we have no plugs for this week. We have nothing to give away. We have nothing to... I've got a plug. No marketing oh. people. Happy oh. birthday, Croops. Oh, thank Happy you. birthday, <laughs> dear It's Tom's birthday Krupa. as well. There's Tom's Happy one day older than the ZX Spectrum. Is he? Yeah. That's Kilby's birthday on Sunday. So we're off to eat cake this afternoon, aren't we? And by Yay. cake, we mean beer. beer. <laughs> what, <laughs> what did you do to celebrate your 18th birthday? My 18th? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you touch a lady? <laughs> no, it's the way on that. Someone paid for it to touch a lady. Do, do you yeah. know what I did for my 18th? I woke up in hospital the next day, oh, I knocked okay. my front teeth out and um, broke my nose in three places and slashed my face open. I said, <laughs> way to celebrate. Wow. 20 it? stitches in my went, lip. Went hard, went to hospital. <laughs> do you know what I did for my 18th birthday? I got really drunk, so I'd never drunk before in my life. So I oh, had, really? I had like what? a litre of Southern Comfort, went to ask died. for <laughs> a meal, and then my friends, it was the launch night of Modern Warfare 2, so they were all queuing for it. I just threw up in front of the queue. Oh, oh. oh funny we got that on camera. And then I got mugged. Oh. <laughs> well, they didn't steal anything. They punched me. I told you're, them it was my birthday, and then I walked into police officers and they got arrested. You have the work... <laughs> They sound like Don't my kind me, of muggers. It's my birthday. <laughs> Pretty much. You would happened. feel bad though, wouldn't you? If, you? if someone just yelled, it's my birthday. That's a good Worst good friends thing. ever. <laughs> if you're ever being attacked on the street by rapists or muggers, but it's my birthday. <laughs> wow. You're going to hurt me on my birthday. That's like a fable. Well, that's a weird, <laughs> a weird twist to the end of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. I can't even remember my 18th birthday. I know that's a cliche, but I genuinely have no idea what I did. So, on that note, it's the end of this week's podcast. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. And uh, we hope that you'll come back next week because it should be a bit better. Wow, Alex, oh. that's enthusiastic. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm just I just think it's a sour note to what was a pretty good podcast. Well, we'll try and get someone it. else to host next week and then we'll <laughs> maybe be a bit right? funnier. All right, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, but indeed, thank you for listening to this week's podcast and we will be back same time next week for episode 136. Bye. Till then, bye-bye. Bye. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.